Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English and also do group settings. If you need assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550 and our website can be found at lifecoach10mslife.com. Today, I'm very excited to have our second episode of season 13, a special guest and car accident survivor, Matthew Richard Higgins. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Matthew, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Dr. Dan, for having me on the show today. My name is Matthew, Mr. Hope Richards Hagen, and I'm just a bundle of joy. I'm glad uh, to be alive. I'm a Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a business owner. I am a car crash uh, survivor, and every day is a gift, and I'm just blessed to be alive, and I'd like to share that with anybody who wants to learn how they can transform their circumstances by looking with a different perspective at the, um, at the tools they have in their hands to make their life amazing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for being here with us today. So just to give like to the listeners an idea of what happened to you, how long ago was the accident? So tell us more about this story. Um, so the accident happened exactly six months ago today. I don't know exactly how the timing <laughs> happened that way, but it was exactly six months ago today at 9, uh, 10 or 9, 13 p.m. our time. And uh I don't know if you want me to tell the story or yeah, tell the story. Absolutely. People want. Okay. So awesome. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So um, I had the opportunity to go to a a board meeting at church and I was hemming and hawing because I wanted to go and I wanted to be home with my wife and I kind of hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And I finally went and I thought the meeting was over at the end of it and it wasn't. So they talked a little bit longer and finally the meeting was over and I got in my car and I started driving home. I was driving on the state highway 12 eastbound towards my house. I drive that road twice a day, every day I have for, I don't know, 27 years or something. And I was driving 63 miles an hour, had the cruise control on. And this guy was driving towards me and he was driving so fast. I just, my brain could not like calculate what in the world he was driving 105 miles an hour. And Yeah, he was driving 105 and I was going 63. He was coming right at me and he got almost level with me. and He turned right into me, head on collision. And and I was just like, I was conscious. Everybody's like, how could that even be? How could you be conscious after that big of a uh, impact? Um, But I was, I was conscious. And the first thing that came to my mind is why would you hit me? Because it felt like he was going to pass me. And then he turned into me and it's like, what in the world? And I'm sitting there on the side of the road, on the road, I mean, and I'm like, okay, I've been in a car wreck. You know, what do I do? And I just kind of did a self-assessment. I realized my leg was broken. My right leg was broken. I realized my left hip was broken and my car burst into flames. And I'm sitting there in a car that's on fire and I can't move. I can't get out. The door's locked, is jammed because of the collision. And I'm like, okay, but I wasn't afraid, which is so mind like, I don't know. I don't understand. And this guy comes up to my car 
And he tries the door and he says, we got to get you out of there. Your car's on fire. And I'm like, right? <laughs> Let's, yeah. And he climbed in the back seat and he put his arms underneath my arms and he couldn't budge me because I'm bigger than he is. And uh, so he tried the controls on the seat to lay it down so he could pull me out. Nothing. So he put his arms back under mine and he said, God, help me get this guy out of here. And my guardian angel lifted me over the seat into the back seat. And it hurt like crazy because I had three broken ribs, broken leg, broken foot, broken pelvis, massive internal injuries, uh, burst, uh, small intestine, large intestine, colon, punctured lung, bruised heart. Like I was a mess. He got me in the back seat and he couldn't move me. It wasn't just like a burst of adrenaline. He couldn't move me. And we're in a car that's on fire. Like, I mean, it was exciting. Just people are like, you're crazy. But it was like being in a movie, like being a stuntman in a movie. So he went out of the car and got somebody to help him. And they drug me out onto the pavement, onto the highway. And I was bleeding to death because my left femoral artery was cut. So they stopped the bleeding. And then something exploded. And it was really exciting. It was just like, I think it was probably a tire, but. Anyway, it exploded. So they drug me down the road and they kind of got me situated. And the police officer came to me and he said, um, would you like to make a statement? And I said, sure, I'm not doing anything else. So I gave him a statement about the accident and everything. And then the ambulance is there. And I wasn't like looking at my watch, but it's out in the country. Like it, when you call 911, it takes a while for the hospital to send an ambulance, you know, for them to get there. Well, come to find out they had been in training just right down the road at the highway, which is just a couple miles away. And their training ended at nine o'clock and they were actually making the turn to come back to town, to go back to their station when the call came in and they just drove a couple miles down the road and there they are. And they put me in an ambulance. They cut my clothes off so fast. It literally scared me because they got to see your wounds. And the whole time I'm driving to the hospital, they asked me my name, my birthday, my phone number. And I'm like, can I go to sleep, please? This hurts. And they're like, nope. And I got to the hospital and it was like 30 minutes from the impact I was in the hospital and they were charting me. It was just like, that's not even possible. And they would have life lighted me other than I wouldn't have survived the life light. Cause normally our, our small hospital in Walla Walla would never deal with trauma this big. But the surgeon said he was a trauma doctor that just happened to be on, you know, on the floor. And he said, I'm comfortable doing this. And they gave me six units of blood. My body only holds seven. I wasn't just almost dead. I was mostly dead. That night, they, they did as much surgery as they could because they opened me up and I was just full of blood and feces and it was a mess. They cleaned me up the best they could and they put me in ICU. They intubated me, put me on life support. I had 14 IVs and they had me on four maximum dose drugs to kind of keep my blood pressure up because they couldn't keep it above 75 over 50. And my heart rate was 125 beats a minute. And they kept me there until Thursday, about 48 hours later, when they could finish my surgeries. And I was in ICU for five days. I was in the hospital for 21 days. And I'm on my way back. It's been six months. It's been incredibly painful. It's been life altering for sure. I don't know that I'll be able to go back and do the same work exactly like I could. But here's the thing I want your happiness listeners to know. There, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if there's a positive or if there's a negative one, then there's a potential for a positive one. But if something really big goes wrong in your life, something really big, you have a huge setback, that is a huge setup for a tremendous possible uh, potential blessing. And that's what I'm looking for. People ask me like, you know, how are you doing? Like, I'm excited for my future and I have a lot of pain. Like I have a lot of physical problems, 
I'm just barely getting off of crutches six months later. And like life is challenging, but at the same time, it's exciting. It's, it's thrilling. It's an opportunity to rise and shine. And my mom called me and she's like, Matt, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Have you thought about hurting yourself? Mom, I'm okay. (laughs) Like, it's okay. So it's just that. And and the thing is, um, I'm starting a marriage coaching practice and it's so wonderful to help people look at the same circumstances they look at. Like someone else could look at my circumstances saying my life is ruined, you know, become bitter, you know, all that awful drunk, you know, how could he do that to me? Like there's so much more going on in life than just my feelings. And when we look for, when we focus on the pain, we go into suffering. When we look for the blessing and then we have hope through the circumstance. So did you have that same exact attitude before the accident, Matthew? Were you that positive or do you think that the accident made you change your life perspective and your vision? I, I was honestly pretty much that happy because of another trial that I'd been through. And it's funny how in life, you, you, your setback is a setup for a comeback. Yes. And so I'd already been through a big trial and challenge in my life that helped me to understand in my darkest hour that God is for me, God is with me, and I'll win if I don't quit. And I just, I want your listeners to know that, like, the universe is not just some cosmic accident, like there's purpose, you have a reason for being on this planet. And when you understand that, Zig Ziglar used to say there's two great days in our lives, number one, the day we're born, and number two, the day when we figure, you know, we understand why. And that's just, You know, it's so powerful when we can come to grips with the opportunity we have to love and serve other people. So how does this, I mean, a lot of people want to be able to find their purpose in life, um, but yet they do not want to go through that kind of accident that you did. So another way way for them to be able to find the reason why they're in this this world, in this planet, and how can they find a purpose so they could achieve happiness? Yeah. Well, happiness is a choice. Happiness is actually an inside job. It's me understanding that I can enjoy my circumstance no matter what. Like, it's really interesting. I was watching a video the other day and they were talking about American um, prosperity is at an all-time high and American happiness is at an all-time low. It's not having more doesn't make you happy. And it's, it was explained to me this way, more isn't better, better is better more better is more better. So when we understand that gratitude is a choice, Zig Ziglar said that gratitude is the most powerful of all human emotions and by far the most life-changing. And I can look at whatever circumstance I'm in. It doesn't matter what it is, whether I've been in a car wreck, whether I'm fighting with my wife, whether I'm struggling with an employee, whether it doesn't matter the circumstance. If I give thanks for it and I look for an opportunity to grow, like how is this helping me grow? How is this helping me get better? It actually transforms that struggle against me falling apart into me growing, me looking for that opportunity. And so I would just tell your listeners, if they're looking for purpose, it starts with gratitude. Because if you don't understand, if you're not meeting life with a happy heart, it's a challenge to get anywhere. And hope is the most profound um, thing in life. If you don't have any hope, you're, you're done. You, you know, where in, in the Bible, it says where there is no vision, where there is no hope, the people perish. And if you don't have hope, you're not going to work. And actually work is what produces results that people talk about the law of attraction, which I believe is true. But the law of attraction is not me sitting on the couch, just <laughs> thinking all these good thoughts. It's believing that I can do it and doing it. And then I reap the rewards of it. Yeah. 
Yes. A lot of people feel like when you read the secret or you watch the movie and all, um, long, you know, the thoughts become things, but in between there's action and belief. Yes. You know, you cannot just like sit down watching Netflix, expecting a Lamborghini to appear in your garage and it will do so. If you right. have a lot of time, energy, dedication, and the hope that it will happen. Now, again, this is again, you know, they say that happiness is not sustainable, Matthew. And there's a lot of truth to it because no one can be happy constantly, never ending until the, the rest of their life. So it's like an EKG. There's like a lot up and down. And I think the, the gratitude is because we appreciate the times when we are down because we know the ups are going to come soon or vice so when we're up, we know that that's not going to stay there all the time. And you know that when in a, especially you must have experienced that in a hospital, when you flatline is death. So right. that in itself should show people that you should not flatline. Should, happiness cannot be just a straight line. It has to have ups and downs. And this is how you can actually appreciate things that come in your way. Yes. Yes. So that in itself. Um, so do you still have, dreams and nightmare about the accident no i never had i never had a nightmare the whole time people have asked me that who have been in car wrecks like i i can remember vividly the whole thing like i can go through the whole you know moment by moment accident the impact the you know being trapped in the car but it never i never had a nightmare it never you know, when I first started driving, I felt like cars were being awful close to me, like stay on your own side of the line. <laughs> like, I mean, it took a little while to get used to driving, but really it's there, there isn't emotional trauma. And the doctor said to me, he told my wife, he's like, your husband has no neurological damage to go through an accident of that magnitude and not have, he said, you had a concussion, like you had to, but there was no evidence of it. My vision wasn't bothered. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, uh, neck pain, you know, whiplash. I didn't, my back wasn't damaged. My no spinal damage, no nervous damage. Like literally what I lived through and feeling that angel lift me, it was a miracle. Like it's a miracle that I'm alive. And I think when we live that way, when we understand that life is a gift and I have an opportunity to serve, it, it transforms the experience that we're in. It really does. So how, I mean, it's really, I'm, I'm looking at how Physiologically speaking, how did this all happen when you had uh, broken ribs, uh, punctured the uh, you know like intestine, and and yet your spine was not affected. You had the whiplash because of the impact, but yet everything else, the structure of your body was okay. But yet your legs and your uh, ankle was broken. So it seems like it was very like I don't know how the impact happened because it was on the side, it was like in the front. I mean, how it is it possible? It, it was a head-on collision. It's, it's not, I mean, like, if you figure it out um, physiologically, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, me surviving that accident, it, my doctor told me, he said, most people would have died if the impact, just the impact of your body. And I've witnessed that. We pulled up to a drunk driving accident, I don't remember how, like 10 years ago, and the lady was dead in her seat. Like just the impact killed her instantly. And it happens. It just like, it can just rip your heart loose from the arteries and you're dead. Just the force of you, just imagine like for your listeners, just imagine running and hitting a brick wall. Boom, like as hard, run as fast as you can and hit a brick wall. Think how hard that would hurt. Now magnify that by, yes, you know, how many ever times 
20 times, 100 times. I mean, it's just... It's just, just terrible. And, and now, how are you like, uh, are you going through physical therapy? Are you doing a lot of different, uh, different like exercise to be able to get back uh, to what you were before? Yes. So I do tons of physical therapy. I probably do an hour a day. I have two appointments a week. I go to the hot tub, the warm pool. Um, I try to go twice a week and every day I'm doing tons of stretches and, and they just tell me you got to push your body because if you don't push your body, you're not going to heal. And it hurts, like it's painful. And I think one of the challenges in life is we want comfort. And I, I'm not picking on anybody here, but do you really want comfort or do you want growth? And I think that's, there's a, there's a balance beam in our mind, in our life. We're like, well, I want to be comfortable, but I want to grow. And if you're always comfortable, you won't grow because growth occurs outside your comfort zone. And so you're like, oh, you know, I don't really want to fight with my spouse. I don't really want to fight with my kids. But if you stay there, if you back up, you have a smaller world. And then you back up and you have a smaller world. Then you back up and you have a smaller world. And you weren't created for that. Mm -hmm. You were born to win, designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, endowed with the seeds of greatness. And don't take all that talent and go to the grave with it. You'll be disappointed in yourself. Like, that's not what we're here for. Yes. And they, they say also that, I think there's a guy, his name is Prince Ia. He said that um, in a deathbed, the majority of people will never regret the thing they did. They will regret the things that they didn't do. Yes. A lot of this is what has a lot of weight because the thing is, is that when you see at what people hesitate in doing because of fear, <clears throat> a fear of rejection, fear of failure, in which failure does not exist, is either success or lessons. Right. Uh, but the overall aspect of things, Matthew, is that how can you stop someone from especially when you have the amygdala, which is always that thing in the back of your head, always trying to protect you. How can you stop people from not knowing what to expect from taking risk? And obviously like for you, you, you went on that night, you drove after being at this meeting, you used that road for 27 years, but yet I was thinking like when we first had our interview, I was saying maybe there was another road that you just wanted to take. So now being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And on that specific night, you decide to take another road and that caused the accident. But this is something that you go every single day. So what are the odds that it happened right after you went to this meeting? Yeah. And he was driving back and forth on that road. Like the chance of me running into him, it just seems non-existent. But, you know, I think that's where when we understand there's more to life than just us, you look at Joseph in the Bible and he, you know, he was raised by his dad and he gets sold into slavery. He goes into Egypt and he's a slave for 13 years. He was 17 years old. And, you know, now he's 30 years old and he comes to the throne. He comes to power. And you say, wow, that's so cool, you know. But at the same time, you got to realize that he needed all that suffering to get him where he needed to be. So we look at our lives and we say, oh, I got a flat tire you know, what a bummer. And if you didn't change your tires when they were low, yeah, that's a bummer. Like you did that to yourself. But if you just get a flat tire, like there's a purpose, there's meaning in that. There's value, there's opportunity in that that wasn't there. And that, I think that's where it goes back to comfort and growth. Every time you have a trial, if you, if you look at the meaning, like what's the blessing here? What can I learn? Instead of Oh, poor pity for me. I got a flat tire. You know, God only, you know, lets this happen to me or, you know, people don't like me. Then you just, it's a poor pity party. And Zig used to say that pity parties aren't any fun because nobody comes and nobody brings gifts. Like 
Why would you want to do that? And that's, that's one of the things that I found so powerful is when you help people understand that they can make a different choice because really happiness, like you said, is a choice. It's a daily choice. And there are ups and downs in life for sure. It's a choice. Like I can choose in my circumstance to be happy. If I can choose in my circumstance to be happy, you can choose to be happy in your circumstance, period. You know, I just. <laughs> so maybe our listeners are going to ask that question as well. What happened to the other guy? He died instantly. Oh, he died. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. His front axle was in his front seat and he didn't, he was completely drunk, like way over the top drunk. And he didn't have his seatbelt on, so he wouldn't have lived through it anyway. But his the front axle was in his front seat. And people ask me, are you mad at him? Like, bitterness does not serve us. I forgave him 100% right when it happened. Like, the Lord allowed this to happen. It's not about him. Like, there's a lesson for me to learn. And see, just that right there is freedom. It's understanding. Because you get mad at people. And this is one of the biggest things I see is unforgiveness. And that leads to bitterness. And that leads to a bummer of a life. And you don't have to hold on to that. If you've been hurt, like all of us have suffered. Elizabeth Elliot said, suffering is having what you don't want or not getting what you want. Having what you, not having what you want or having what you don't want, I think was her direct quote. And all of us experience suffering. And when someone else has hurt us, they did something, either they did it intentionally or not. If you wallow and wallow in that and you say, oh, I can't believe they did this, like, you're holding yourself in prison and you're holding the door shut. Anytime you want, you can open the door and move on. The only reason you're still at the suffering is because you're staying there. Like yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day. What am I going to do with it? And, and the thing is, when we understand that what happened to us is not our identity. Because mm -hmm. I worked with a gal and she was way overweight and she couldn't get pregnant and she was just miserable. And we talked for about an hour, hour and a half. And she was able to let go of all this garbage from her childhood that held her back, that, that just every day was a trial. And she was able, she lost in the, in the coming months, she lost like 30 pounds or something. She got pregnant, has this beautiful boy. And, and it was just so cool for me to talk to her. And she said to me, if I let go of this, who will I be? And that's what I want your listeners to understand, Dr. Dan, that often when something happens to us, we take that as our identity. Well, I'm, uh, you know, my dad did this to me. And so I'm uh, whatever that is, or my mom. So I'm, uh, and that's not who you are. That's not who you were created to be. That happened to you, but you're not there anymore. Like but, grow up. And people have the tendency to take the past. That's what PTSD come from, which is yeah. like issues that they bring from their childhood into the present. So if they didn't have that problem, then of course life would have been perfect for everyone. But unfortunately, the brain does not balance things as, as easy as we would expect them to, uh, to do. But right. the issue is that how, beside medication, of course, but how do you go and, and tell our listeners that, okay, if you're holding grudge towards someone, cut that communication with that person and just put that into a compartment in your brain, close that box and move on. But is it as easier said than done? That's the major question. So it's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. And a lot of people say, well, it's not that simple. It really is that simple. You just say, okay. And I'm trying to remember there was a gal that was a huge help to me because I had a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of pain in my life. Like I'm not perfect. 
And she said, it's like taking that person off your hook and putting them on God's hook, like on a coat hanger. Yes. And to realize like somebody else is going to take care of them. We feel like, well, if we don't hold on to it, then they get off scot-free. And really, when you hold on to it, you're imprisoning yourself. And it's a choice. You just say, okay, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to move on. And what it does is it frees you. And then people say, well, that's not really true because you're not going to forget it. Of course, you're not going to forget it. So when it comes back to mind, you say, yeah, that hurt, but I'm not there anymore. That's not who I am. That's not my life is not all about this person. And then you get to grow and you can leave them. Let me tell you, the government of God is a real thing. It really Somebody once said the wheels of the government of God grind exceedingly slow, but they grind exceedingly fine. And you can trust that other person. Just like let go of them. <laughs> you worry about you. And the thing is, I've helped people, you know, person after person after person after person to let go of their past. And it's literally it's a choice. You just get to the place where you realize, you know what, I could do this because like I said, then a lot of people don't understand. They don't see the potential. And when they see the potential, then they're like, wow, I can really do that? Yes, you can really do that. And it's a choice. You just say, you know what? I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I'm going to let go of it. And I think I'm trying to remember who said um, forgiveness is letting go of the past needing to be anything different than it was. Mm. Because that's what really happened. And you're in your mind, you're stuck like it should have been different. Well, it wasn't. You can't go back and change it, but you can start right now and write a new ending. And that's every one of us can do that. It's so powerful. And so what would you recommend our listeners um, if you had to give them uh, five pieces of advice um, for those who are struggling, uh, forgiving people that have done harm, uh, for those who are uh, struggling with either an ailment, a physical ailment. Now, it's not like you could put aside that physical ailment. It's a part of you. So what would be the five top recommendations, uh, Matthew? Oh, wow, Dan, you're good. <laughs> good talk. Um, the five top recommendations. I think for me, the background to my life is understanding the goodness of God. Like everything happens for a purpose. And some people might not believe in God. I don't know. And it's like, well, there's a universe. There's like created matter. Life isn't an accident. Like there's a purpose. You look at the moon and the stars and the earth, like they're all moving in concert. They're dancing. That's not chaos. It's order. And so understand the goodness of God, like everything happens for a reason. You, some people, they look at like a man like Nick Vujicic and he's born with no arms and no legs. And you say, wow, that guy's incredible. Think what he would do if he was born normal. And the answer is he would just be a normal person. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. Like our trials make us who we are. You look at Joseph in the Bible. He was the ruler because of all he passed through. You look at David. Before he was a king, he faced Goliath. So your trial, your challenge, your difficulty in life, number one, I would say, is the goodness of God is behind that. Like there's a purpose. Your life is not meaningless. There's something you can contribute to life for you to have an amazing life and for you to love and serve other people. Number two would be to own my own part. I think so much of us spend our life trying to change someone else or, you know, I would be happy if my wife did this, or I would be happy if my son did that, or I would be like, you get to choose your own happiness. Like happiness is an inside job. Own your part. In Matthew 7, it says, uh, remove the beam that's in your own eye so you can see clearly to see the moat that's in your brother's eye. And that I found that to be profound. 
Like, what did I do to contribute to this? And when we, like, not everything in life is our fault, for sure. Like, hitting the drunk driver, I was on my own side of the road. I was driving the speed limit. Like, there was nothing I could do except not go to town to avoid that. (laughs) But own your part. Like, honestly, look at yourself. It's so easy to look at another person, someone else. It takes maturity to say, I'm part of this. If you're alive and you're dealing with someone else, you're part of it. So own your part. Um, so that's one, two, uh, number three, I would look for the positive in the situation. Like for every setback, it's a setup for a comeback. So how can I, how can I manipulate the situation for a positive outcome? Like, let's say you had a big blow up, like a blow up with your spouse or a child, it's an, or a coworker or a friend, it's an opportunity to grow closer together because it reveals it's think about an explosion. What does it do? It blows the outside off. Now you have the inside in between and it gives you an opportunity to grow closer like to understand to to love them and serve them um so there's uh, understanding the goodness of god taking responsibility having a positive spin and i would say number four is work hard like it takes progress to get anywhere and and i believe that you attract whatever your baseline state is emotional state so if i'm like poor pity for me and whatever like what I'm attracting into my life is more junk like that. But if I'm positive, I attract positive people. I attract, you know, new situations and the new situations I'm looking for the blessing. I'm looking for the opportunity. So naturally I'm going to find it where if I just like, Oh, if I wasn't born this way, like you're going to miss the opportunity because it's obvious. Um, uh, and number five, I would say help somebody else. That was such a good question, Dr. Dan. I appreciate that. I would help somebody else because it feels good. If you haven't served someone who can never repay you, you, you have never, you haven't lived like really living is, is contribution. It's success is wonderful, but it's not as good as significance. Like being my business mentor, Howard Partridge talks about, you know, he's very, he's a millionaire. He's got multiple houses, like all this stuff, but he loves and serves other people and he watches them grow. And that's just, you know, that's beautiful. It's learning how to pay it forward. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Well, Matthew, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of our busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 13 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listen today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Survival is a celebration of choosing life over death. We know we're going to die. We all die. But survival is saying perhaps not today. In that sense, survivors don't defeat death. They come to terms with it. What to do if you find yourself stuck in a crack in the ground underneath a giant boulder you can't move with no hope of rescue? Consider how lucky you are that life has been good to you so far. Alternatively, if life hasn't been good to you so far, which given your current circumstances seem more likely, consider how lucky you are that it won't be troubling you much longer. There's really no point in living if you don't have anything worth living for. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.